And so, but you know what, we want to, uh, 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 today we're looking at Luke 17, 1 through 10, so we're in our continuing series in the Gospel of Luke, uh, 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 titled Jesus, Friend of Sinners. Today's message is titled, Let It Go, right, Overcoming Offense and Walking in Forgiveness. And, and, and so, you know, my daughter, she continually sings, Let It Go, from Frozen, right, so she goes around singing that, has the little princess dress, and uh, sings Let It Go. She's just the most amazing little kid in the entire world, three and a half years old. But, but so in honor of my daughter, Brooklyn, uh, who's probably watching right now, I love you, baby girl. Uh, we're going to call the name of this message, Let It Go. And so, uh, 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 but, so we're going to read the first part of Luke 17, where Jesus warns us about offenses. And so the enemy wants to destroy. Uh, He wants to bring offenses and cause division in our marriages, in our church relationships, in the parent-child relationship. Keep in mind that the enemy's agenda is destruction. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. He's an equal opportunity destroyer. He doesn't care who you are or where you come from. He wants to destroy you. You know, uh, I have a tendency to get offended and react sometimes to, you know, I'm working on that. Pastor is not perfect, uh, but I'm in a process and I'm trying to get better. And, uh, you know, my background of of machismo and and coming from Latino gangs and uh, uh, that old street uh, respect kind of lifestyle, uh, you know, sometimes uh, uh, that that rises back up, that old man rises back up. And, you know, I remember a few years ago, uh, me and Hannah were coming up here in Springfield towards our church. Uh, we were coming up Grant. We were at Chestnut. And uh, I look over, and, and, you know, I see this guy. He's carrying a garbage bag. He's got lots of tattoos, obviously had done time. And so, you know, I'm filled with compassion for this guy. You know what I mean? The worship music was going, freedom is how we live. It's how you move, Jesus. You know, and I was like, yeah, just feeling all compassionate. You know what I mean? I was like, hand, hand, that, hand that guy a flyer. So we stopped at the stoplight right there, and this guy, this, and, and I said, hey, hey, come here for a second. Hannah hands him a flyer, and I said, I said, hey, man, so this guy's carrying a, a garbage bag. A garbage bag, you know, just looks, he's doing bad, it looks like, right? And so I'm like, hey, man, you know, I want to invite you to church, and, you know, we serve a free meal Fridays and Sundays, and just come and check it out. And he's like, I'm not homeless. Shoot, I don't need free meal. And he threw the flyer back at my wife. And I was like, (laughs) no, he didn't. You know what I mean? So I took my shirt off, and all I had was my black tank top off. I got out of the car and said, hey, what's going on? I said, said, you know what? Take the flyer. No, no, take the flyer. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, so he walks off. I get back in my car. You know what I mean? The music, worship music is still playing. My wife is, is, is staring at me, and I just drive off and start singing, freedom, it's how you live. <laughs> you know, and so, but, but the thing of it is, you know, what, what if that guy would have had a gun? You know what I mean? What if that guy would have had a knife? He, that guy could have killed me, could have stuck me. You know what I mean? And I can, I can already see it, you know, cover front page of newsleader. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, pastor beats, beats down man because he doesn't want to come to his church. You know what I mean? And so, uh, uh, so we want to be careful. I could have I got shot, you know, and then what happens with my wife not having a, a, a husband and, and, 
you know, my kid's not having their death. So I could have, uh, I could have handled that better, right? And so um, it's hard when people mess with my uh, family, right? It's very hard. I'll, I mean, I'll always uh, uh, stick up for my family when it comes to protecting them uh, by any means necessary. But in this case, I probably could have handled that better, right? Did I, did I really need to take off uh, the shirt and get out with the tank top? Uh, you know, so all the tattoos are showing, and uh, you know what I mean? That's kind of threatening. Wouldn't you say, Tyler, is that kind of threatening? Okay, so, you know, I, I shouldn't have done that. So I could have done things better, and I'm in a process. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about let it go, overcoming offenses, walking in forgiveness. This doesn't come natural to us. Uh, it, it, it's supernatural, and it comes from Christ living in us. Let's read the passage in Luke chapter 17. One through five. And it goes like this. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses, things that cause people to sin or stumbling blocks, uh, should come. It is impossible that no offenses should come. So offenses are going to come. But woe to them through who the, defense, through the, who the offenses come from. Right? It would be better for him, and in this, in this translation it says him, but it could mean him or her. Uh, uh, for him, if he put a millstone, were hung around his neck, and he were thrown into the sea, then he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself, check yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles replied, Lord, increase our faith. It's interesting right here. The word for, the word for offense in the Greek is the word skandala, which actually means literally the bait that you use in a trap. It's actually the word offense there is the word in the Greek, which means the bait that a hunter would stick in a trap, you know what I mean, to capture a prey. Other translations uh, 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 translated as hindrances or stumbling block. So offenses are the bait of Satan that lead us into sin. Isn't that heavy? The enemy's agenda is destruction. Satan comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to destroy. His strategy is division. Jesus said a house divided against itself will not stand. The devil's tactic is offense. So watch this. The enemy's agenda is division. His strategy, his, his, agenda, his, his agenda is destruction. His strategy is division. His tactic is offense. And so uh, I actually stole that, that line from Steve Furtick. So Jesus says the offenses are inevitable, but woe to the person who causes them. Right, So verse 2 says it would be better for a millstone to be hung around their neck and for them to be thrown into the sea. Right, So a millstone could weigh up to almost like, it was 3,300 pounds, so almost like two tons. So Jesus said, if you're going to bring offenses to, to, to other believers, it would be better that you were, you know, that that was hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. So a horrible death was more desirable than offending one of these little ones and causing them to sin. Right, and so little ones means believers, uh, possibly uh, even more specifically the younger believers, but believers in general. Um, so it's impossible that offenses uh, will not come to our homes, to our social life, and even uh, to the church. Right, all of the epistles that were written in the New Testament were written because there was some problem or, or there was uh, some conflict 
to resolve. So sometimes people think that uh, uh, if there is conflict in the church, then there's something wrong. But this is really a dose of reality right here because there will be conflicts in the church. There will be conflicts in our marriage. There will be conflicts in our relationships with our children or our parents. That that's going to happen. Uh, uh, but the issue, the question is, how are we going to handle it, right? And you want to make sure that you're not the one that is causing offenses. So I love this about Jesus because Jesus was a realist, right? Uh, uh, he balances realism, idealism, and pragmatism. In fact, all of Scripture does, right? Jesus said uh, he was an idealist. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all, these, and, 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 all, and all these things will be added unto you, right? That's an idealistic statement, right? He, he was also a pragmatist. He said, hey, whatever, the golden rule, right? Whatever you want someone to, you know, the way you want people to treat you, treat them like that too. That's just very pragmatic, very, very practical. But he was also a realist. He said, offenses will come. So take heed to yourselves Watch yourselves is what that really means. Check yourselves, right? Examine your own heart. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Forgiveness is critical uh, to relationships with the Lord, with our family, uh, with other church members. We got to be people that, that learn how to forgive. So you want to Watch yourself. You don't want to harbor unforgiveness. You don't want to harbor offenses in your heart, right? Uh, Hebrews 12, 14 through 15 says this, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many are defiled. Romans 14, 13 says, Therefore let us not judge one another anymore, but resolve to this, not to put a stumbling block or cause to fall our brothers or sisters. So we want to be careful to not cause other people to stumble, other people to, to fall into sin. And this is a very, very serious uh, uh, matter. Uh, as believers in Jesus Christ, as Christ followers, uh, uh, we want to do our best not to offend others, right? Uh, uh, and we are to forgive others up to seven times a day, it says in the, in the gospel of, the, of Luke. So the point is that believers are to walk in forgiveness. So watch this. What, what are the steps to take if someone does offend you? If your brother or sister sins against you, go and deal with the issue with them alone. So it's try to not to involve, uh, try to involve as little amount of people as possible. And that removes gossip and slander and causing uh, more issues, right? Uh, wanting everyone to know uh, how horrible this other person, but rather go Matthew 18 the person and go talk directly to them. When you, when you spread slander and, and cause division, right? The Bible says the Lord hates the, 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 the person who causes division among the brethren, right? And so Matthew 18, 15 says, go, uh, uh, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. 
just between you and him. So uh, 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 we don't normally do this because we don't naturally uh, like confrontation. And that's, if you do love confrontation, that might not be a good thing. Uh, but, but, but so what we do is we don't address things. We allow it to stew. We allow roots of bitterness, you know what I mean, to boil up with, with inside of us, right? So in Luke 17, 2, he says, watch yourself, check yourself. Right? If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. So rebuke here, it means to sternly admonish or strongly reprimand. So we want to correct in love. We don't want to be harsh, but sometimes we need to be firm and strong, create solid boundaries around us, and let, let other people know, hey, when you, when you did this, I felt this way, right? And the more often uh, something has happened, sometimes the more uh, stern you need to be, right? Then people will say, well, uh, uh, they were just in the flesh. Where is the love? But the Word of God is very clear here. We need to be direct and stern, you know what I mean, out of love and hoping for a reconciliation. So that doesn't mean that you get loud and mean-hearted. Come on, somebody. That doesn't mean you attack, come on, it doesn't mean you attack someone's physical appearance, right? That doesn't mean you cut them down with your mama jokes. Come on, somebody. And so your mama's so fat she can roll over a dollar and make four quarters. Come on, somebody. Your mama's so ugly, you know what I mean? Tears go down the back of her neck because they're afraid of her face. Do not tell people that when you go to, uh, uh, for a, a reconciliation. I'm just, I'm just kidding there. I, just, I haven't been able to tell your mama jokes in like 25 years, so I just got a chance to get that out of my system. Now I'm better. Let's move on. Uh, the, most of the time, we do not confront people directly. We dance around the issue, you know what I mean, uh, uh, not taking it directly uh, to the individual, right? Uh, we need to go to the person calmly and say, hey, you know what, can, can we sit down and, and get coffee, right? And the person who is addressed has the opportunity to repent, admit the wrong, and apologize uh, or some people will deny, will, bl- will blame shift and, and not own it, right? Uh, but the word repent means to change their mind and attitude, right? So have godly sorrow, change the direction, change uh, their actions. So if someone sardonically says, oh, okay, well, sorry I offended you, that's not real uh, repentance, right? Uh, or if someone says, all right, I'm sorry, but they keep doing the same thing, that's not really uh, repentance because godly sorrow and change of action, change of behavior uh, is necessary for true repentance. So if the person has offended you and if they repent, forgive them. Does that mean if they don't repent and ask for forgiveness, we can hate them and hold unforgiveness in our heart for them? No. Right, But without repentance, there is no reconciliation. There is no relational forgiveness. So this has been something that, that, that uh, I, I've, I've wrestled with because I didn't understand right, why Jesus said, if they repent, forgive them. Right? Aren't we just supposed to forgive everybody, right? And so, uh, uh, and I'm going to break that down uh, for you a little, bit, a little bit today. So often what happens is, Pastoral caregivers uh, present victims of violence uh, with this verse to demonstrate the perfect Christian response to persecution and wrongdoing. 
This becomes problematic, though, especially in, in cases of domestic violence, right, where people are persuaded to, to reconcile quickly and unconditionally with their abusers based on the idealized portrait of Christian forgiveness. At Freedom City Church, we're never going to ask someone to remain in a physically violent and hostile environment because they should forgive as Jesus did, right? If you're being physically abused, you need to leave. You need to get yourself out of there. Get yourself, if you have kids, you need to take your kids with you and get out of that uh, uh, environment, right? Go to a place like Harmony House. And here, here in Springfield, they have a place for victims of domestic violence, you know, and so uh, that that verse can be misused to cause people to stay in abusive relationships, and we don't want this. So watch this. There are two kinds of forgiveness. Forgiveness of the heart and relational forgiveness. Watch this. Forgiveness from the heart. Jesus said in Matthew 18, he says, forgive 70 times 7 in a day. So this is the parallel passage to Luke 17. 70 times 7, what's that? 490 times in a day. That comes out to like once every three minutes. So if someone offends you once every three minutes, you know what I mean, and they ask you to forgive them, Jesus says to forgive them. You know what I mean? So it'd be very hard for somebody to do that. So this is what we call a hyperbole. And so it's an exaggeration to make a point. The point is be ready to forgive and so, uh, remember in, in Matthew 18, uh, a, man, a man owed the master $10 billion, right? This is an unpayable, unpayable debt. The master commanded that he be sold along with his wife and, and, and children to pay the debt, sold into slavery, right? This is something they would do in those days. And so the man got on his knees, begged the master for forgiveness. So the master was moved with compassion, forgave all the guy's debt. And so then the guy goes outside, remember he owed $10 billion, but he goes outside and he sees a friend of his, you know what I mean, that owes him another brother that owes him $10,000, right? And so he right away snatches that dude up by the throat and says, hey, hey, where's my money? You know what I mean? The, guy, the guy's like, hey man, forgive me, you know what I mean? And, and, and give me some time, I'll pay you back everything I owe you. And he said, no, nah, you know what? Go into debtor's prison, lock you up until you can pay me all of my money. So what happened? The master heard, right, what had happened, how this man had treated the other guy, and he got him and he said, hey, what's the matter with you? You know what I mean? I forgave you a debt you could never pay, yet you would not forgive your brother this $10,000 right? And, and, and so uh, the master said, you wicked servant, I forgave you everything you owed me because you begged me. Should you have not had compassion on your brother just as I did for you? And then, that's heavy, right? So, so then, Je come on. So then Jesus applies this parable to, the, to his hearers. In Matthew 18, 34 and 35, he said, the master, he said, and the master was angry and delivered him up to his torturers until he should pay all that was owed. And then in 35, it says, so my heavenly father will do to each of you if from your heart you do not forgive your brother or sister their trespasses. So we are required to forgive from our heart whether, whether or not the person repents uh, or not, right? This is not dependent upon what the other person does. If they do, if they do not repent, if they excuse it, minimize it, or, 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 or say, get out of my face, uh, at that point, do we still forgive? Yes. 
I mean, we forgive from the heart, but there is no relational forgiveness. The relationship cannot be restored. There is no reconciliation without true repentance. And repentance is saying, look, I'm sorry, I was wrong, forgive me, and then changing your behavior. That's true repentance, right? And so uh, Matthew eleven twenty five and 26 says this, and when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. If you don't forgive them, uh, their sins, your Father in heaven won't forgive you your sins. So that means anything against anyone, we're to forgive them from our heart. And if you don't forgive them, you'll be taken into a prison of offense. You'll be, uh, 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 see, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt the other person. When we forgive from our heart, we, we release ourselves and give our, and it's actually, you know, the other person may not even be thinking about what you did, but when you forget what they did, but when you forgive them from their heart, that releases you. The second type of forgiveness is relational forgiveness. Watch this. After you have get forgiven them from your heart, you are able to, uh, uh, to forgive them if they repent. But once again, there's no reconciliation in the relationship without repentance. We are to forgive just as Christ forgave us. So look at the way God forgives. Psalm 86, verse 5. For you, Lord, are good and are ready. Everybody say ready. Ready, ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. God is ready to forgive because he has already chosen to forgive you. Watch this. Jesus prayed on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Every person has been forgiven. They just have not appropriated through repentance and faith and entered back into relationship with the Father. Atonement, Jesus' work on the cross was sufficient to supply forgiveness to everyone and restore the relationship uh, with the Father. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, right? That all those who believe would be saved, right? Come on. That's a good place to clap. Jesus is ready to forgive, but only imparts forgiveness when somebody asks for it, when someone repents. A broken spirit and a contrite heart, God will not despise. And so have you ever told someone, hey, you know what? I just want you to know I forgive you for being a knucklehead to me. Okay? And then they say, oh, I'm sorry you were offended by that. Come here, poor baby. Are you offended? Hope you get better. But they never ask for forgiveness. You know what I mean? And so uh, if they don't ask for forgiveness, there can be no reconciliation in the relationship. But if they don't know you, they've offended you because you haven't told them, you know what I mean? Then you, it hasn't been handled correctly either. So don't tell somebody you forgive them, right, until they ask you for forgiveness. Amen. Do you know in Genesis 50, 17, uh, 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 it says this, remember, uh, Jacob, Jacob had passed away and uh, uh, his sons uh, that, that had mistreated Joseph. Uh, he said, this is what you should do when, 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 when I die. Go to your brother, and it says in, in 50.17, and say, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now, please forgive the trespass of the servants of God, of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. 
So Joseph's brothers uh, had thrown him in a pit, right? Had, had uh, told the, their dad that he got killed, sold him into to slavery, right? And, and yet he forgave them when they repented. And he said, look, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good, for the saving of many lives. And so, come on. So what... So what do you do when you know you've offended somebody? It's important to go and ask forgiveness of those we have wronged. You know, if we, if we really practice this, this would cut down on so many offenses and really uh, build up the body of Christ, build up our, our home lives. You know, Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there at the altar. Go be reconciled with your, with your brother or sister and then come, come to church. So what does it say to do? It says to go, right? This is, this is important. Jesus says, go handle business before you come and be reconciled in your relationships before you come to me. How can you love your brother who you see? You know, how can you say you love God who you don't see when you don't love your, your brother or sister who you can see? <laughs> so if you know someone has an issue with you, Jesus says, Go to them. If they have wronged you, uh, uh, Jesus says, go to them. So why? Jesus wants these issues and these relationships handled and and, and offenses and betrayal taken out of uh, the relationships so we can have healthy relationships, right? So Paul says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, Come on. So when when you go to them, acknowledge your fault first. Matthew 7, 5 says, take the plank out of your own eye first so you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother or sister's eye. So when a person comes in humility and admits wrong, it breaks down the walls of offense, right? Uh, Many times when you go to someone, you admit you're wrong genuinely, then what they'll do is they'll, they'll, you know, it breaks down those walls and they'll admit, hey, man, I I was wrong too. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Then you do a group hug. Well, not during COVID-19. You do like a virtual uh, hug. You know what I mean? And then uh, 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 the heaviness is lifted. The relationship is restored reconciliation between, between us and God is a beautiful thing, and reconciliation between us and, and, and other human beings are, is a good and it's a beautiful thing. Come on. I realize sometimes it's impossible to go to that person, especially if, if you would put yourself in harm's way by going to uh, speak to them, or there's a restraining order. Come on, somebody. Don't be like, I was just, I was just following the, the Bible's orders and going to apologize to them, you know, but there's a restraining order. So, uh, but you always want to forgive from your heart. You know what my mentor, Dr. Jaffe, said? He said this, being divisive has nothing to do with believing you're right. Everybody thinks they're right. Being divisive is betrayal because you, you being right is more important than unity in that relationship or unity in the church. We need to have humility and quickly be willing to admit when we're wrong. 
Like I said, the background and the culture that I come from and what I grew up around, we never admitted that we were wrong. You know, I learned to cut people out of my life and put up walls, right? But I don't want to be like that anymore. We need to have humility and be able to uh, 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 admit when we're wrong, especially with our spouse, even with with our children. You know, sometimes uh, the offenses come through bad communication, but if we reach out to each other and talk, it can be resolved, right? And so uh, I asked Hannah if I could share this illustration from uh, Hannah's my, my beautiful wife behind the camera today, and I asked her if I could share this uh, illustration. And uh, so just this past week, I sent out an, an email to the executive team letting them know that we needed to find somebody to help uh, with graphics, right? Uh, Hannah does all the graphics right now, and uh, so I, I sent out an email to say that she needed help, right? So my heart was to help and get, get stuff done, right? Because she spends all day Friday recording, Saturday uh, 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 editing, right? Uh, editing the services, taking care of the kids, leading the worship team, the media team, the creative team, and so I'm trying to help, right? And so uh, I said, Hannah's been spending uh, a lot of time trying to catch up on graphics. Graphics. She does a great job, but since this is not something she is a professional at, everybody say professional. professional. It takes a long time to complete one graphic, hence she's getting behind. Later than that, that night, I got a Dear Johnny email. And uh, how many know what I'm talking about? And uh, so I thought it was, I thought it was an email uh, thanking me for, for getting her back and being a wonderful, wonderful husband and father. It was not. And so the email from Hannah said this. At first I brushed it off since I know you're trying to help and I'm not really sensitive about stuff like this. But then tonight you said in a phone call with another leader, a professional would not take that long. You take that long, Hannah, because you're not a professional. Something along those lines. Me, as an artist, she continues, I take time for the creative process to start. Usually once I mentally get a strong idea, I can knock it out of the park. But the creative process is not just like sitting down at a computer and filling out a questionnaire. It takes a lot of mental work and internal dialogue before any of the hands-on stuff happens. Because my focus is constantly shifting, shifting from graphics to video to worship to the kids, it takes me a long time for the first half of the process. To say I am not a professional graphic designer is pretty demeaning to all the work I've done for the church. I've consistently uh, 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 come up with quality material. Just because I take a certain amount of time does not make me not a professional. Faster does not mean more professional. There's a world of difference, she says, between McDonald's burger and a Jim's uh, steak. We all know that's true here locally. I don't think it's right that you've been saying these things to the leaders. It does not represent my work accurately. It's one thing if you have to have a conversation with me, but you're saying this stuff to other people. What if, I, what if I sent out an email to the leader saying that a professional pastor could get their sermons done faster? Come on, somebody. <laughs> the more time you spend studying, contemplating, reworking your sermon, obviously it's going to be better. So I'd prefer if you stop saying that because, because I'm not a professional graphic designer, I'm not producing enough graphics. So what was my response? I'm sorry, you're absolutely correct. Please forgive me. 
And we talked, and I repented, asked for forgiveness. Hannah forgave me. The relationship was restored. And then we had a conversation about it, uh, and I had an opportunity to explain that it came out not how I had intended it to, because Hannah is really the, the most creative person I know. She can do oil on canvas. She taught herself guitar. She does photography. I mean, uh, she's a wonderful songwriter and musician. They got a new album coming out, Jericho, uh, this year. Uh, she's truly an artist. So now I will be more careful uh, when speaking uh, about Hannah, about Hannah's craft to others. And so here's the thing. Ignorance or good intentions do not excuse an offense. Once you are made aware of the offense, even though it wasn't your intention, it's a good idea just to ask for forgiveness and, and, and get reconciliation in the relationship. Because just because you didn't mean it that way doesn't mean that it did not come out that way. Come on. So be quick to ask forgiveness. Admit wrong genuinely, right? Not as a form of manipulation, but genuinely admit wrong because you value the relationship more than your personal pride. So it's a command to forgive anyone for anything continuously if they repent. The more sins someone commit against you, the harder it is to forgive them, but we are commanded to continue to forgive them. Someone who cannot forgive has forgotten or never realized how much the Lord has forgiven them of. Come on. We sin in thought, in word, in deed, often, right? Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. After Jesus teaches this, uh, 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 teaches this, this, this lesson on, on forgiveness, the disciples are like, oh, Lord, increase our faith. Right? To, to that kind of forgiveness, we need you to increase our faith. And the Lord, said, uh, uh, the Lord says, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to that mulberry tree, be cast in the sea, and it would happen, right? Uh, uh, Jesus goes on to say, you know, if a servant comes in from the fields after working all day and his master asks him, hey, cook me dinner and then you can have dinner. When he gets done, when the servant gets done, will the master thank him? No. And Jesus says, because the, the, the servant will say, say that I have only done my duty, right? And so Luke 17 says, so likewise, when you have done all these things that you are commanded to, you should say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done only what our duty was to do. So initially, this final parable seems disconnected uh, from this passage, uh, but, it, but it applies. Uh, the, the disciples said, increase, increase our faith because of the teaching on forgiveness. Their mentality was an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, uh, Old Testament type stuff. But when Jesus came, like we see in Matthew chapter 5, right, he came and he, he said, hey, if you say to your brother, Raka, you know what I mean? You're, 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 you're in fear of judgment, you know, from the authorities. And if you say, you call your brother a fool, you know that you're in danger of, of hellfire, right? He said, he said so when you, when you attack your brother verbally and say things like Raka and you fool, that you have murdered them in your heart. So what the Lord does is he deals with the heart. He looks at the heart. All sin starts in our mind, starts in our heart. So it just takes a little bit of real faith to work the miraculous. You don't need more faith. 
You need to exercise the faith that you do have and walk in forgiveness out of obedience to Christ. Come on. Act on your faith and, and forgive even when you don't feel like it. It's not a walk of feelings. It's a walk of faith. Choose obedience. When you choose to forgive, begin to pray for God's best in the other person's life, and it'll change your heart. The Bible says, pray for your enemies. Bless those that persecute you. When you have an offense in your heart uh, for somebody else, if you start praying God's best for their life, and you begin to do that daily and consistently, you'll begin to see that your heart begins to change and your attitude for them, and you'll begin to, you'll, you'll forgive them in your heart so that when they ask for you to forgive them, you know what I mean, you'll easily be able to forgive them, and the relationship will be restored, right? If, if they, even if they don't ever ask for forgiveness, your heart is still in the right place. Keep choosing forgiveness. Maybe one day that person will recognize their fault, ask for forgiveness, and the relationship will be restored. If we don't forgive, the Bible says God won't forgive us. If we want forgiveness, we should, we need to forgive. Mark eleven twenty five twenty six says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven will forgive you. But if you don't forgive them, neither will the Father in heaven forgive you. So after you uh, uh, have forgiven, just say, I am an unprofitable servant. I have only done my duty. Why does Jesus end this teaching like that? So we don't get proud at how forgiving we are. Come on, somebody. What? Wow, I'm a good forgiving servant. I'm kind of like Jesus, not like all these other people who can't forgive. And then you get all proud about how uh, forgiving you are. You know what I mean? And so we need to remain humble and say, I am an unprofitable servant. I have only done my duty. You know what's interesting right here is the word unprofitable is the same word that's used in Matthew chapter 25 of the unprofitable servant who was thrown out of the kingdom into hell's fire. See, none of us deserve to go to heaven. God is full of grace and he forgives us. So we should be forgiving uh, to our brothers and sisters and those around us. Amen. Come on. I'm wrapping this up right now, but you know, uh, uh, this is a, 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 when I was in Bible school, you know, uh, me and my wife met at Bible school right here in Springfield, Missouri uh, at Central Bible College. I graduated from Central Bible College. She graduated from Evangel. Then I graduated from a seminary at AGTS, the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. But years ago, when we were uh, dating and we were at Central Bible College, I, would, I lived at Coriel Courts Apartments and went to, went to CBC, right? And Hannah lived down with a, a friend of hers on Portland and Grant, very, very, you know, down towards actually where we live now. And so I remember one night I dropped my wife off, right? And then I was driving, I was driving back up Grant, you know, back up towards the school, back up towards my apartment, and it was snowing out, right? And there was this guy riding down the middle of the road, just a big old boy on the, in the middle of a road on a bicycle, right? And so I'm like scooting over, you know what I mean, to try to not hit this dude, slide and hit this dude. So I, I scoot over, and I'm like sliding up against the curb, you know what I mean, and, and barely make it past this guy, you know. And then I make it past him, and, I, and this guy goes, F you, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what? No, he didn't. And so I turn back around. 
I went up and pulled down, rolled down my window. You know what I mean? And I, I said, hey, I said, hey, you know what, homie? I said, where I come from, there's consequences to our actions. You know, and, and I, was, I must have been so heated because this dude didn't say anything. He just kept riding his bike. And I said, that's what I thought. And I turned around and began to, to drive off. And as, as I did, man, the presence of the Lord just filled that car. And the Lord said, what are you talking about? Consequences. You see, if I had the consequences to my life, I would spend my life in prison and eternity in hell. But for the grace of God that reached down and rescued me, rescued a wretched sinner just like me. And so I should also be, be forgiving to those around me. I believe God is breaking offenses right now. I believe that, that even now, right now, you're in your heart, you're beginning to realize that there's people that, uh, that you've offended. There's people that you're offended with. It might be a father. It might be a mother, a brother, a sister, a friend from church, a friend from school. There's someone that you're offended with. There's been walls of offense go up. And the Lord is asking you now to go uh, and reconcile uh, 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 with that person. And you, you're going to have to humble yourself uh, in order to make it right. There's people here that are watching today and, and actually you need to be reconciled to your Father in heaven. You need to repent, ask forgiveness, and turn to Jesus with all of your heart. And so we want to give you an opportunity to respond to the grace of God today. I know people are watching from uh, uh, all over right now. And uh, uh, I don't know where you're at personally, but, but I, I know that God knows your heart. God knows where you're at right now. And, and I believe there's some people that are watching that it's, today is the day of salvation. It's your day to get right. I believe there's people that are watching right now with all this chaos, with, with people dying, with all this, uh, uh, what's going on in the world today, you're realizing, hey, man, we, it looks like we really are in the end times, and, and, and God has been drawing you back to Him. And so I, whether you uh, are backslidden, and I believe God is drawing the prodigals back to Him, I'm a prodigal that grew up in church but yet walked away from God, for many years, and then he encountered me uh, in a prison cell years later, and I surrendered my life to Christ. But I don't know where you find yourself today. You may be far from God. You may have grown up in church, and, uh, but now you're far from God. Or you know what? You may be watching today, and you've, you've never gone to church. You've never really been a believer. Uh, uh, you think that, that, that Christianity is for the weak or, or whatever. But right now, the Holy Spirit of God is drawing your heart to Jesus Christ. And so, uh, I don't want to belabor this, but I believe the Spirit is moving upon people's hearts. And, and right now, uh, uh, you feel God tugging at your heart. What I want to do is just how we do in church services. I'm just going to count to three. And when I say three, right there in your house where you are, if you'll raise your hand as a sign of surrender to God, and then I want to pray for you. So no matter how you, how, you, how, how you are today, what maybe some of you, you're backslidden in your heart from God, or some of you that are watching have never had an encounter with Jesus Christ, either way, you need to get right. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says that while we were yet in sinners, Christ died for us, the righteous for the unrighteous. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised us, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Right there, those hands that are raised, I want to pray for you right now. I want you to say this prayer with me of surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. There was even uh, some hands that went up in, in the house here with us. But let's just say this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe you're the only way to heaven. I believe you came to this earth born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, and then died on the cross for my sin. And then you resurrected, and you're now at the right hand of the Father, and you poured out your Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. Give me a hunger for your Word. Give me a new heart. Give me a new mind. Put a new Spirit within me. In Jesus' mighty name. Now I want to pray for those of you out there that, you know, that, that you, you have offenses in your life. I believe that offenses and walls of offenses are, are, are falling right now. So if that's you, you have offenses, you need forgiveness in your life for things that were per, per, perpetrated against you. And you need to let that go. I just want you to raise your hands and I want to pray for you. So, dear Jesus, I just pray right now, God, as hands are lifted, God, Lord, across this nation and around the world, there's people right now that are watching, God, that they have walls of offenses that are preventing them from having uh, an intimate relationship with you. God, Lord, we just pray that forgiveness, God, would begin to flow. God, that relationships would begin to be reconciled in our Freedom City family and and around the world, that, that, that people would be reconciled one to another, that there would be true repentance and forgiveness. Lord, teach us to forgive just as you forgave us in Jesus' mighty name. Hey, God bless you. Uh, uh, we'll, see you we'll see you Friday night and also uh, Sunday morning. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. Follow us on Facebook and uh, subscribe to the uh, Apple podcast. God bless you. We love you.